You're listening to the Functional Nurse Podcast. On this episode, I interview Nicole Vienno, a nurse coach who will share with us some of her thoughts on using group coaching to improve patient outcomes. So stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Functional Nurse Podcast. My name is Bridget Sager, and I am your host. Our guest today is Nicole Vienno, and I am really happy to have her here because I talk often about the role of group settings that we can use in functional medicine to help reach a larger audience. And Nicole is uh, pretty much an expert on that topic, so I thought she'd be a great person to have on for us to talk about that more. So I wanted to start by welcoming you to the show, Nicole, and then I want to tell everybody a little more about you. Thanks for being here. Mm, awesome. So so glad to be here, Bridget. I listen to your amazing podcast and think it's very inspiring, uh, all the work you're doing and all of the guests you've had on. And every time I listen, I learn something new. So I am um, very pumped to be here and then also just glad um, to be known as a person who has a lot of experience with group coaching. Absolutely. And I, I listen to your podcast a lot. Too. <laughs> and you have great, great guests and great enthusiasm for what you do. Um, I wanted to tell everybody a little bit more about you. So Nicole is a registered nurse. She has a master's degree in nursing and she is a board certified nurse coach. She was in cohort four of the Integrative Nurse Coach Academy's uh, nurse coaching program, which is the same program that I did. And the um, the company that I teach functional medicine for nurses through. She is the CEO of two companies, Blue Monarch Health PLLC and Restoration Room PLLC. And we'll learn a little bit more about those during this episode. Nicole describes herself as a recovered burnout burned out ICU nurse, which I can relate to. She has been practicing, learning, and teaching holistic well-being strategies for years. Without her daily well-being strategies, she says she is lost, stressed, and has a who-gives-a-crap attitude. <laughs> she knows that holistic strategies work, and she's found peace in her work and her life. Through her commitment to soul care, Nicole has shifted from a crappy attitude to gratitude, and she set boundaries that bring her joy, confidence, and ease, no matter what the environment. She is also an author, speaker, and as we mentioned, podcast host. She hosts the Integrative Nurse Coaches in Action podcast that you can definitely easily access on inursecoach.com's website or all of the um, the streaming, the large streaming platforms, um, if you haven't heard it already. And she combines over 20 years of nursing, 30 plus years of fitness and coaching and energy work to partner with nurses and healthcare systems that want their nurses to thrive. So um, I asked her to describe her work uh, background in a few sentences. And she said that she partners with local healthcare systems to support nurses well-being through coaching in groups, one-on-one -on -one, and sharing holistic modalities throughout the system. And she also partners with midlife women who want to go from feeling flat and fragile to sexy and strong with movement practices, better sleep, less stress, and more confidence. Her achievement she is most proud of is being board certified in nurse coaching. 
evolving from being a high-profile fitness presenter and Reebok-sponsored fitness athlete to focusing on women's well-being for a more whole and holistic approach. Nicole says she reinvented herself and learned to be a healer in a different way. And that was a really difficult process that she's very proud of. So, Nicole, I think we should start by asking the question that you always ask. What brought you uh, uh, through your story of becoming a nurse to a nurse coach and what you're doing today? Ah, yes. Well, I had many a year in intensive care. I did all the intensive cares. I was um, a high achiever, (laughs) super intensive care nurse. Uh, I did a lot of travel assignments and then I worked agency um, at one point in time. I worked in San Diego and I would travel every day to a different intensive care unit, which brought me a lot of interesting learnings every time I went. However, it was also really stressful because I didn't know simple things like one day I had to ask how to get the soap to come out of the soap container (laughs) in the surgical ICU. And boy, was that humiliating. (laughs) And at the same time, it taught me a lot of resiliency and how to survive and thrive in certain areas. However, over time, this um, being faced with um, different environments and being in such a high stress environment, I started to notice my personality was shifting. I started to become more apathetic, like I don't really care. I found myself being a little anxious about going to work, thinking about work when I was leaving work and thinking I had to go back to work in three days ahead. Like I was thinking about work already, which I had never really done before. I also started losing patience, like not patience, but patience, my own patience with people. Um, and I'm, I pride myself on my patience and listening and, and so forth. And I just saw the shift and I also started really not liking my job. I just thought I was becoming a biatch at work for lack of a better term. Right. But I just really saw this shift in how I was behaving and I didn't really like it. I thought I was just becoming hard and I didn't really want that to be part of my process of being a nurse. So I, I never heard the term burnout or compassion fatigue or any of those terms at that point in time. I just thought that I was becoming a hardened, poor bad nurse. So I thought, well, I should leave the bedside and do something different. I tried some other things and went into management, quality and risk management, did a lot of different things. And I realized uh, I probably should just leave nursing because I'm terrible at this (laughs) after all of those years and just a passion for nursing. And I I took a job at the local YMCA. (laughs) I was the director. Uh, Yeah, I was the director of health and wellness. And, um, I discovered through that journey of only being there six months, it certainly wasn't the job for me. Um, But it was also the recognition that I didn't realize I was burned out. I didn't realize that I was caring so much for other people and I forgot how to take care of myself. Um, I thought I was taking care of myself. I was an athlete all my life and um, I was working out, I was eating well, but I didn't realize I had all these other facets to me that were really as equally important like um, my mind and my spirit and my connections and my um, relationships, my environment, all of those things. I didn't realize that those were just as important as my physical and my nutrition. And so I realized, okay, you're not a bad nurse. You're just sick. 
you know, you're really, you know, this burnout is an ICD-10 code. I mean, it's a real illness and I had to heal from that. And so I started exploring um, holistic modalities and, and I came, you know, I was at the, on the, on the computer back in the day that was 2011 or something like that. And I was what can I do? What can I do with nursing? I thought to myself, how can I combine my skills in nursing with all of my other skills, such as group fitness and personal training and teaching yoga and all, all of those lifestyle strategies that I really enjoyed? And I Googled and Googled back in 2011 and nurse coaching came up with the International Nurse Coach Association, which is what Integrative Nurse Coach Academy is now called, mm-hmm. uh, but still Inca back in the day. And I was crying at the computer because it spoke to me so deeply, like, wow, I could learn all these skills and I could combine what I love and bring wellness to my community instead of being at the hospital. I was thinking ahead, like, how can I do this? How, what could that look like? And so that's how I discovered nurse coaching. I just ended up going to New York City, uh, cohort number four. I graduated in 2013. I got my first board certification. I recall being in the first day of the Inca program with some amazing nurses. I felt like I was like, whoa, everybody knows so much more than me. I don't know how I'm going to pass this class and learn all these coaching things and coaching, coaching, learn the coaching. And they started the program off with a mindfulness practice and meditation. And in my ICU mind, I thought, well, this is woohoo, woohoo, this is so woohoo. And what is this baloney? You know, what is this mindfulness and meditation. I want to learn the coaching. I really want to learn coaching. What are we doing starting off with this? And I had this chip on my shoulder the whole first day, just because of the mindfulness practice, I couldn't let it go. And I went back to my room and I thought, Oh, I'm not going back tomorrow. I just, you know, I'm not cut out to do this coaching thing. If there's going to be all this mindfulness, who needs that? Blah, blah. <laughs> so I uh, was in my room and I thought to myself, what are you doing? You just paid all this money. You were crying at your computer because this is what you wanted to do. What is going on with you? And, um, you know, I really attributed it to the vulnerability that I was feeling being in this room with all these magnificent nurses, one, and learning something completely new, um, that hadn't really been, it had been birthed, but yet it was still like so new. I felt super vulnerable. There were so many things I knew I was going to be exposed to that would show that, Oh, you don't know. And being an ICU nurse, you always have to know. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so it, right. was my, yeah, it was my first time to really realize, Oh, you can be vulnerable. You can be in this space. And you know, I went back the next day and Dr. Barbara Dossi said, hey, who wants to volunteer to be coached? And I was like, I'm getting my money's worth. I'm putting my hand up. I'm going to the front of the room in front of all these people that I'm terrified of <laughs> at the time. And now they're my dearest sisters, um, you know, but um, and I was coached by Barbara Dossi and it was one of the most I still get choked up because it's, it's really one of the most vulnerable times in my life, but that it was a turning point for me to show up, not just for other people, but for myself and to, to really be heard and seen and feel the power of what it's like to be, to, to be listened to. And to, you know, she was just, I just, I wish I could explain this, this feeling I had just from someone 
deeply listening to me with no judgment and only wanting to lift me up and, and hold me. And that was the, one of the first times that had ever happened for me. And so I thought, shoot, if she, if she can do this for me, <laughs> I want to learn all that I can to support my communities. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I, um, I, I'm hearing like what you just, this last part you just said is like, we know the heart of other nurses. And so when you have another nurse really listen to you, it's just so meaningful, right? Because we know how much we all care for others. Um, when you, I can, you talked about your first day Inca and I had that same chip on my (laughs) shoulder. Yeah, absolutely. I did. I was like, what is this? Um, I wanted to know things to tell people so that Mm. I could help them better. And I like you're talking about with ICU nurses, like when we work in the hospital setting in particular for a long time, you want to know the right thing to do in every and there's no right anything in coaching. It's it's that person's story and it's about them. And and the listening part is so important. I want to go back to the beginning of your your introduction to this, and you talked about the soap analogy and not knowing how to get it out. And you said um, that uh, some, I'm paraphrasing, but about learning resiliency at the time, and and it just crossed my mind how there's too many opportunities for us as nurses to learn to be resilient. Like, <laughs> right? Like, we don't need any more. And, right. and then that leads into burnout, right? Like that is what has happened to our profession in the last, especially the last three years is, is uh, like the, the, the resiliency is like, do not ask me to be resilient. Right. Like I, but when you, because back then I'm, I, what, what I I'm hearing based on your first day at that as is similar to mine is you were encountering a lot of times in your career where you needed to continue to become resilient and be resilient and be resilient, but like not having a lot in your toolkit. And then you go to Inca and you know, you're looking for something, but you think it's kind of like me. I know I like, I knew I, what I wanted to know. And, you know, I knew I was going to know it when I saw it and I get there and everybody's like, you know, doing mindfulness practices. And, but that's when you actually get the tools to be resilient and to help other people be resilient. And you in particular, you help other nurses to work on their resiliency. So, you know, interesting, you know, the, the, the story of your career as a nurse and what you were looking for when you got there and, <laughs> and what you really got. And what I really got. Yeah. I had no idea there would be such a beautiful parallel of learning the skills and tools of coaching coupled with such deep self-exploration and self-reflection and self-awareness and just being able to learn more about myself so that then I, know more about myself so that I can be truly present with someone else instead of trying to figure out myself while I'm coaching someone. So yeah, it is a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Okay. I have watched your you know, career for as long as I've been a nurse coach. So I wanted to um, have you on because I think group coaching is a really great way for nurses to reach a larger audience of um, patients that need, you know, just 
basic information even, you know, like the, the, the kind of education that a nurse can provide when there's time and being able to reach a whole group of people with a similar concern, I think is, is very powerful and fantastic. There's so much research now that is providing evidence that people have better outcomes when they are in a group setting for their healthcare, um, that it is, uh, it can absolutely be good financial decision for, uh, in a corporate setting, it's billable through insurance and, um, I have, plan to have folks on in upcoming episodes to help us talk through that part that's a little bit more technical. But what I wanted to talk with you mostly about today is your experiences in like coming to the group coaching model, like from one-on-one. I think when we take a, a nurse coaching program, like with Inca, we learned how to do group coaching. But a lot of our practice that we had done um, was one-on-one coaching too. And so I felt like that was the direction that I was going to go in until right towards the end. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could have a whole group on this topic and this topic and this topic and started to have all these great ideas that, you know, I have used, but you have certainly used to a larger extent. And I would love to hear what brought you to the idea of having group programs and, um, and give everybody a little bit of an idea of how you've used them. Yeah, that's a great question. Around the time when I was 17, I would walk by the YMCA every day to go to my high school, just, you know, and I was always wondering what was going on in the YMCA. So one day I said to my mom, mom, I think I want a membership at the YMCA. I'd like that for my 17th birthday. So she's like, sure, let's get you a membership. So I went in there. I started to take group fitness classes and I had no idea what it was. I mean, I just really enjoyed being with other people and we were all sharing the same vision of something. You know, we were going because we enjoyed the music. We were going because we wanted to move together. We were going there because we wanted to see that instructor that was teaching. And then I knew that, you know, Susie was going to the class and I really liked her. So we would go and we would talk in the class and we would enjoy ourselves. It was a beautiful thing. It was an energy that is indescribable. I I decided, um, well, I didn't decide. Someone saw me coming every day and being so devoted to showing up. Um, And they said, oh, well, you should just become a group fitness instructor. So I was like, 17 year old. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know. So I said, yeah. I had to ask my mom, mom, is it okay if I do this class? You know, <laughs> she's like, of course, why don't you do that? Um, well, it turns out that I don't know. I didn't know at the time how to hold a beat or talk on a microphone or <laughs> do any of those things, be the boss of the room. Right. Um, I didn't know any of that. And so I just, but again, I just opened myself up to like learning how to do this group fitness thing. So through the years I had been teaching and I actually still teach fitness to to this day. So when you said, when you said 30 years, I think it's more than that. (laughs) Um, Because, well, it's maybe about that. Um, And because I loved it. So I was always in a group. I enjoyed the group and I became a national trainer and I would train adults and educate adults. And it was a very vulnerable space for people to be in because they were like me who didn't know how to hold a beat. And you're up in front and you have to be able to show that you can teach a class. So I had all this experience. Um, I, I became a nurse. I still continued teaching, discovered nurse coaching, went through the whole course, thought I was going to do one to ones as well. And I thought to myself, what are you, you, you are so comfortable in a group, which, you know, not everybody's comfortable in a group. It doesn't mean you can't do a group, Um, but why don't you just start doing groups? 
So I went to a mindfulness yoga class one day. It was just a workshop that I really wanted to attend. So I went there. I'm always a learner too. I really like to learn and hear from other people's perspectives and understand things a little bit differently. So I went to, um, you know, just someone's class that was on brainstorming and coupling it with yoga. So I did that. And she had us have a little journal and she asked us some really interesting questions. And I just was writing. And I decided because I have experience with the functional medicine in the capacity of nu- the nutrition and the food plans. Mm-hmm. So for me at the time, I had just completed that. It was a collaboration with IFM and Inca. Um, Susan Luck, um, my dear sister, who who is now gone before us, up above, um, watching over all that we're doing for nurse coaching now. Um, she was she taught the class with Monique class, and I was just so riveted by how simple IFM had made their food plans and. I thought, well, I could do this with one-to-one, but wouldn't it be really interesting to do this as a group? Like when everybody's just going to do this together. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I picked a plan. I picked the elimination food plan and I tried it out on myself because I didn't want to try to bring a group together, but I didn't know how to do it. So I did it for myself. Um, and then I just, uh, well, I, I did it for myself. So I, I was just learning about the plans, you know, I did all of them actually. And then, um, then I went to this yoga thing and she was having us brainstorm and I was just writing and I was writing elimination food plan. Let's get a group together. How many people would I want? Oh, I'd want about five people. And how much would I charge? I don't even know how to charge. And so I was just like, I was just writing and writing and writing. And I brought, I still have this little book. I should have it so I could show you, but I still have the book. And I look back at it and I designed this program using the IFM's elimination food plan, but turned it into a group coaching. So we started the plan with an education component, like everybody got the plan. I simplified some of the things so that people could understand. I talked about it. We had questions and answers. We shared information and we shared, uh, you know, just kind of how it was going to work in our life because an elimination food plan, serious stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's really a big change in the normal way that we function in life. So how, what would it look like in their life? Um, And um, so just fast forwarding ahead a little bit, I had devised, oh, I would make this plan. We would do it. And I'd pick like five people. I'd ask for five people. So I put it out to all my friends in fitness and all that. And then I ended up with 12 people in the class. So, but we did talk about, you know, we did an education component. They had the plan. They could read the plan before they got there. So they kind of knew. And I had it all lined out like this is how the best case scenario could be. And then we would meet once a week and then it would be, okay, what did you learn, you know, this week? How is your preparation? What is happening with your preparation? You know, you know, what does that look like? And so everybody's able to tell their story and then you hear the other person and then you're learning from them. And then you can ask a question. And as the facilitator, I don't always have to answer the question. I can just throw it back out with the group. Well, what are you, what is the group learning? What have you learned? Um, And who would like to share what's come up for them? So it's always just coming back to the group to have the questions answered. And so we meet every week. And as you go through going through the elimination food plan, it's always top learnings. Maybe I wanted to potentially bring an education snippet, but it was mostly them supporting each other 
and me overall arching the creator of the group following the support, but I'm not the one who's like making content and working super hard. Mm -hmm. I'm just really the one who's holding the space. And the group is the one who's sharing their power. And for me, that was the most interesting experience because I never really had the groups in that capacity where people were able to share what was on their heart, what they were struggling with, what they were so excited about that they'd learned. And then that fueled the conversation for the next person. And in the end, you know, after eight weeks, I'm actually... Yeah, eight weeks. I made an eight-week program that we were meeting, and I still have people to this day who reach out to say some kind of health-related thing to me out of the blue. So it's really interesting to see how much of an impact the groups have to help um, the individual at an individual level as well. I like what you just said in particular about you not needing to be the expert because we're as nurse coaches, we're not right. And the patient's the expert. And so when you're leading a group, I think a lot of people sound like, like, or they're feeling like, uh, oh, I've never talked in front of a group before. I've never led a group. What if I don't know all the answers? Like you're speaking to exactly what I hear as like my, a lot of my students are like, those are their fears. And and you're right, because I think that's such a powerful tool that you mentioned the who else has thoughts about this or who else in the group has had this experience or um, I often use that when uh, like my students will have questions and I'll say, does anybody else have any experience? Because maybe I haven't. Right. Maybe I've never worked in a setting they work in and asking for that uh, that expert to be somebody else in the group. But also the other thing you talked about that I think is so important for us to highlight is the the idea that if one person has that experience, probably other people in the group did too. So you're talking about the elimination diet and, and week two and week three and week four and reintroducing and and. I, I know you have this experience. I have it a lot is if I and and my students totally know that I do this is we have our zoom meetings and I'll I'll talk for a little bit at the beginning, little snippets of what's to come. And then I'll say, okay, I'll ask an open ended question. And as a nurse coach, then you just wait. Right. And I know you know this, that you're waiting for a group for somebody to start and nobody wants to start. But then once that first person shares what they're thinking, everybody is so much more comfortable in realizing that they're not alone in what they're feeling. And I think that's the thing that I have heard the most in running groups is that it, the, the greatest benefit is the camaraderie and the connection that the, the members make, not like you're talking about, not your knowledge, but their ability to connect with other people that are having a shared experience with them. Yeah. I think the power of the group is immense. And it it really alleviates the facilitator from having to have so much pressure felt on themselves. And you won't know that until you try, until you experience it, right? Because when I first started some groups, I would feel like, oh, I better prepare and create some content and make sure I have all these things. And I I prepare like "Mm, too much. (laughs) Mm -hmm, And I would mm -hmm. never, ever get to the end of all the things that I wanted to do in the session because people want to be able to voice and share what's on their heart and mind and what they've learned. And who wants to just listen to me talk the whole time? <laughs> like, you know, and um, even people, I may, I may know the answer to something and I'll still, what, what does the group think? Let's throw it back to the group. Um, and those are constant things that I always say, 
well, gosh, let's hear what happened for you this week. Or let's, you know, instead of, yeah, I have a story too, but you know, they'll, they're going to, they see me as already the expert because mm-hmm. I'm the one who started the group, right? I'm the one who's showing, sharing that I have some sort of expertise in that area. So yeah, of course I might have the answer, but yet it's more powerful when other people in the group have learned something and it's a revelation for them and how that energy comes off of them is much more powerful than me who may have known this information for years. Them having the light bulb moment makes such a stronger impact on the people who are in the group than, than someone who, who has known the information for a long time. So to me, it's, it's way more powerful to have the group be engaged and, and open the space up for them. Okay. Slightly off topic because something you just said, I, I would really love to hear your thoughts on this is, um, you said expert a couple times as you were talking just now. And I feel like nurses often do not recognize what they have to bring to the table. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, am I an expert in diabetes specifically, right? That diagnosis, maybe I wouldn't call myself that if I compared myself to, you know, an endocrinologist who does that all day long, especially if they're trained in functional medicine. But, but would I call myself an expert in diabetes compared to a person who's struggling with their diabetes and doesn't have a coach to partner with them and doesn't have the, the, what I see happen in my, in the course I teach is, is students start to realize the power of what they know as they move through the course. And they're like, wow, like, I didn't realize other people don't know these things that I can, I can share with them. And so I would love to hear your thoughts on like, especially in a group setting, what you've learned, but just with your wisdom as a nurse coach, that the idea that we need to know more before we start to help people versus being able mm-hmm. to, to say, okay, I can do this. Cause you've jumped off some cliffs. We were talking about that before we hit record, you know, that like <laughs> you just, I'm yeah. going to go do this elimination diet course. You know, I've done it once and see one, do one, teach one, right? <laughs> You want to do one, teach one. Exactly. Well, I think of all of the nurses, like, look at all the things you do in a day. I mean, like, <laughs> the, the amount and the breadth of cl- patients that you see or families that you interact with, um, colleagues that you're talking to on a daily basis, and, and the breadth of that, even if you work on a neuro say a neuro unit, it's not just neuro things that you're dealing with, you're dealing with the whole person. So for me, it's like, whoa, nurses have so much knowledge. So I, yeah, I, you're right. I said expert and I wasn't really, the, I'm never an expert. <laughs> I do know some things like that's how I, I do feel comfortable. Like if I'm going to start a group, I should have some kind of a little bit of knowledge about it more, more so than the average bear. And I'm also coming at it from a heart perspective, mm-hmm. the heart um, coming from my heart. So I'm not creating the group to show off my knowledge. I'm creating the group because I know in my heart that I have the ability to create a safe space for people who don't have safe spaces, right? I mean, they're used to being in a healthcare model that is not always supportive of them being heard and them being embraced for all their messiness, 
right? We're in a healthcare environment where you have 10 minutes or three minutes, seven minutes, whatever it is now, <laughs> but you got to spit out what it is. And even today I went to the dentist and I was the same thing. I was like, Oh God, I have to ask a question. I better formulate it all in my mind because I know mm-hmm. I only have a certain, right. And here I was like, wow, I have, and I know nurse coaches. I know all nurses, all nurses have the capability to come from their heart and create safe spaces for people to be able to share. And if you're coming at it from being the expert, well, you're definitely the expert of your heart. (laughs) So if there's only that one thing that you could create a space where someone could show up and share their vulnerabilities, kind of like us showing up for mindfulness, and they created that space for us, Bridget, (laughs) to learn nurse coaching and created this safe space, even though I didn't feel safe at first. And yet I still found some capacity to open up myself knowing and trusting that the people in my group were going to to um, support me in that. So I feel like coming from the heart space it takes away a lot of the pressure of having to know everything. Because you're not going to know everything. And the, you're not. You're just not. Um, even if you consider yourself a true expert, you're still not going to know everything. And who says that you couldn't just say, um, okay, well, you know, I actually don't know the answer to that. Let's, you know, of course, throw it to the group any experience out there with the group and, and maybe you hear something and you're like, Hmm, I'm not sure if that is really the fact. So let me take this table, this, because this is a great question. And can we bring this up again at the next time we meet so that we can find the things that would, would be of most value for the group. Right. Or maybe I need to go and research something. Right. And that's okay. This is just showing up as a human and, and really the group's, are human to human, true human supportive interactions. Well, and how much more trust do we build in our patients or the people that are partnered with us in these group settings if we admit that we don't know some things? Because then mm-hmm. what we do say that we speak from the heart about, they know that, you know, they can trust us to 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 say, I don't know, and not just <laughs> be, you know, yeah. acting like we're making things up. I'm, I'm glad you elaborated on that a lot, because I, I think nurses are experts in humans and, and health and, and diabetes. And, you know, it, we, we can be the experts in those things. But I think that for me, and I have a feeling you can relate to this is the imposter syndrome of like, who am I mm-hmm. to go do this? And I think a lot of nurses listening to this are going to relate to that is, you know, even for me, every step I've taken, in the last 10 years of my career is like, who am I to do this? And then I do it and I realize, wow, there was a need for this and people are excited mm-hmm. about it and I should have done this sooner. And um, But how many times did I think I wasn't enough yet? Like if I only had one more thing first, like one more class or read one more book or one more day of right. digging through art research or something, then I could do it. And I, I think especially if it's your first time starting a group, that could be a barrier. Yeah. It's definitely a barrier, you know, to think that you don't have enough. And nurses are notorious for wanting to learn more and more and more, (laughs) more and more and more. Um, The only thing is with that, it's like you're holding, you're holding that information back from the people who need it. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you are learning something and it's exciting to you, that passion will come across, of course, when you're talking about it and when you, even if you don't know everything, but it's like you, you're, it's like, you're not going to help anybody because you're not sharing any of that. You're just keeping it for yourself. So to me, it was like, Whoa, 
And I actually learned like, okay, well, I'm going to create this, this group of, and I've created a lot. I actually wrote some groups down that I've had over the years, but, um, because, uh, I create some groups and, you know, I know a fear is like, shoot, no one's going to come. <laughs> no one's showing up. Right? That might be the and biggest one, right? You... Yeah. What if nobody shows that's up? Happened... Yeah. That's happened to me. I numerous times actually. And, um, I was like, well, that's okay. And I, I, I've reframed. So let me give you some backstory to this. So yeah. the backstory is, you know, you mentioned I'm a Reebok sponsored fitness athlete. Yes. I would teach fitness classes to rooms of, you know, a thousand people. So I was used to people showing up like people, we had this saying people vote with their feet, you know? So if you have people coming to your classes, you're good at what you do. So here's me stepping out of a lot of people appreciating what I do and my skill in the fitness industry and moving into nurse coaching, <laughs> where it's like, what are you doing now? Mindfulness now? You're, you know, like changing my whole persona of moving into more health and well-being and coupling my nursing education and my fitness. I do a lot of movement related things. However, at the time it's like, okay, I'm going to create this group. Nobody, who's going to come? I'm going to try to get people to come. Nobody comes. And I'm like, crap. I suck. I'm a loser. You know, all of those shenanigans. I call her Tabitha. She sits on my shoulder sometimes and she, you know, she's just jabbering on in the back of her mind. And then, and then I learned oh, through that, like, it's not me. It's just perhaps maybe it's the topic. Maybe it's the time. Maybe everybody's got a dentist appointment that time. <laughs> I don't know whatever is happening. But then I started to realize who is the most important person because that's how I see things now. Who's the most important person in the room? Well, it's not me. It's whoever shows up. Well, if nobody shows up, who becomes the most important person? Me? Because no, no. <laughs> I'm the only one. I'm the only one in the room. So then I'm using that time that I was devoting to have the group. I'm using that time for my, to devote to myself. So I've actually used that time to offer myself more self-compassion, more love, some time to just sit in that empty room and just feel that vulnerability that I was showing up. I was showing up for my community and maybe no one else showed up, but I'm still showing up for myself because it was something that was on my heart that I wanted to bring. And so even if people are not showing up, I mean, yeah, there's there's companies that can help us with that. and I, <laughs> But we have to go through those things and it's okay. And you learn so much, like maybe I just didn't market it properly. I was learning. I didn't even know how to do that as a nurse coach, you know, learning how yes. to market things and do things. <laughs> but I still feel like, gosh, even if one person is coming, I am, I am loving on them so much. We become the group, the two of us. So now we're supporting each other, um, you know, and then if, if 12 people come, great. You know, uh, you're not, if a hundred people come, whoa, that's a good problem to have. And I need more facilitators, <laughs> so, mm -hmm, you know? Right. So, yeah. So th those are some of my thoughts on that. I, I will say though, you know, I was listening to, or not listening to, I was reading the, um, in May, 2023, the Surgeon General Advisory came out with the epidemic of loneliness and isolation mm -hmm. and how many people are struggling with loneliness and isolation. And even before COVID, half of adults, half of the United States adults reported some kind of loneliness 
or isolation or lack of connection or feeling invisible or feeling insignificant in their life. Half of Americans feel this. Yeah. And some of those rates are really high in the younger population too, which is quite alarming to me. Um, But the Surgeon General is saying like, this is a problem Mm -hmm. that we have here. And Americans are experiencing loneliness. And, you know, of course, we also know that people who who are feeling loneliness and isolation, that they're at higher risk for cardiovascular disease and dementia and strokes and um, depression and anxiety and uh, premature death even. So, you know, this is a huge, a huge problem um, that nurse coaches and nurses in general can help with because we would just be creating, we're creating these group environments so people can come together to help support them, to realize that they are significant, that they are not alone, that they are can be connected to someone else who's experiencing the exact same things or similar things that they can relate to with each other instead of being isolated and feeling so distressed and cr- creating that, um, you know, circular, never ending cycle of potential illness. So I, th- I feel like this is an opportunity for us to, to, to chop that, you know, to stop it. And, you know, in functional medicine, we talk about uh, loneliness can be, can we put it on our list of potential toxins or stressors that we talk about, you know, it can be at the root of someone's health concern. And I'm really glad that you, you brought up that other perspective of, of not sharing a group is, is depriving people of something that you have to offer that they need and they're waiting for. I think that's really important for nurses to realize is, you know, uh, we talk a lot about my students, like, when do, when do I know enough to start using this? And I, I say, when you can tell somebody why they should do something, it's time for you to use that thing, right? Like, if you can say, I think that, you know, this would be helpful for you because, and you can give some evidence behind it. Um, what we already have as nurses is enough to help people. And when we can add in one new thing, you know, all of our career, like you said, like being learned, like lifelong learners, like all, all of our career is bringing in new skills that we can share with people. So t- there's not a tomorrow that's going to make you the right, right version of a nurse to help people. So I think, I think that's the important perspective to have for starting groups is that um, you're ne- you're probably never going to feel ready enough, but meanwhile, all these people are waiting and need you. And so you're, you're depriving them of that. And that can be a really good mindset to have. Um, okay. So, but most importantly, you mentioned you have a list of groups that you have read and, and I would love for you to now, tell us more about give us some examples of different the variety of groups you've led and the settings that you've done them in okay yes so the the elimination food plan so that was back the first one I did was maybe in 2014 and I've been doing them all along they've evolved because I've gained more knowledge and more experience and more interactions with more people it's probably like close to 500 people that I've Gone, have gone through the elimination food plan with me. So that's a significant amount of people mm-hmm. that have um, experienced the elimination food plan. Um, so when I did that back in 14, I reached out to a friend who I knew had a table big enough to hold 12 people. <laughs> and he, he had a little room in his office 
And I said, can I book this room? You know, I'll pay you a little fee. And he's like, oh gosh, don't worry about that. You know, don't, what are you going to do in there? And I explained it to him. He's like, well, maybe I should do this thing too, (laughs) you know? Um, But anyways, I found that space and I just hosted it there. And then we had a Facebook group and then we would meet there every week. So that's how I, you know, so my cost was very low. I didn't have any cost. You know, just maybe some papers that I photocopies because we did that back then, you know, (laughs) so, Mm -hmm. you know, know, um, and then how that's evolved is now through COVID, of course, everything went virtual. So I've done I just started doing videos of of me teaching the topics that are in the elimination food plan and learnings from people as they've gone through. So each topic just gets a little bit more detail about experiences of other others and then support group through zoom. So the, the group set, group setting every week meeting via group. Um, uh, let's see, I've done healing movement project with a love of mine. Uh, what I've discovered is that um, people are nervous to try new things when it relates to movement. So wouldn't it be great in my heart? Like I have this saying, create the things I wish existed, right? <laughs> so create oh, those cool. things. Yeah. Create the things I wish existed. So I wished that I could have found a safe space to try Tai Chi and to try yoga and to try these breathing modalities and to try, um, you know, just different things. And then, um, what I discovered in fitness is that you go to a class, you take the class and then you leave, right? You talk to the people socially, but you've never really said how you experience, what you noticed or what you experienced within the class for yourself. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could have a spot where after a workout, we could gather and someone could ask you a great question, like, what did you notice in yourself today? (laughs) And not just like I could do 25 jumping jacks or whatever, but really more heart centered, like, I noticed that I gained more confidence because I was able to blah, blah, blah. I noticed that my, you know, that I was watching someone up front and they were so inspiring to me. Like, so all of those things are really important. So I created the healing movement project so that people could start to explore some of these movements like Tai Chi and yoga and some, you know, even hit, and then we'd actually do it together. And then the next part of the class was, okay, what was the experience like for you? And then you hear what's happening to Susie and to Johnny, you know, and so and they're like, whoa, I built that too. Or I had never noticed that. But now next time I'm going to pay attention and listen. Not only is it exciting to hear and learn from other people, but then there's this awareness that comes into you as you are listening. Oh, I'd never thought of that. Or, oh, wow, um, that is like, I have that too. And of course that's the whole connection piece of it, but it's just that self-awareness that we often brush over. Mm -hmm. So the group settings and the group coaching allow that self-expression, self-awareness, self-reflection so that you can become closer in tune to what you need and what you, what you need for yourself and what you would like for your community, whatever shows up for you. Right journaling, you know, we do all different stuff. Um, I've done, I love seniors. So I, I've done a class that's called move with friends. And that was, 
active aging adults. Um, so that's an aging population 70 and older that I would gather and we'd do the same thing, except it was related to movement processes as we age that we lose. So a lot of balance related and agility and even uh, power that they were not even realizing that they had lost because of age. So, and mm -hmm. then we would talk about that. We maybe share a poem related to something and then that would bring up something. So it was just always, it's coming back to the group. What was your experience? What did you notice? What are, what are you feeling inside? What is, what is your heart telling you right now? What are you noticing in your mind? Um, you know, it could be anything like that. And coming back to that, um, in those situations, cause you also asked me, where did you do them? So mm -hmm. healing movement project was an online thing. So that was the first time I'd ever really done an online movement. Like, so I'm, I'm teaching people Tai Chi and now I'm trying to see them, you know, yes. you know <laughs> are you safe? And, you know, my per personal training background coming out, are you safe? Like, how is it, you know, and, you know, the awareness of that and then transcending that, like the awareness in their own bodies. So, and move with friends was at a local community center where I knew a lot of seniors were. So I just went over there. I said, hi, I'm Nicole. <laughs> I would love to have this group here. And this is what I'm envisioning. How does that align with what you do here? And they're like, yes, <laughs> that sounds great. And, and I had a plan. Like I just, you know, I didn't build the program yet because I didn't even know it was going to exist. Right. I just knew I wanted to do it. I don't want to build anything. I have this other saying that I say is like, build the plane as you fly it, you know, because sometimes you don't want to spend, I don't want to spend a lot of time up front on creating something unless I know I'm actually going to do it. So yeah. sometimes I will just find it. Am I really going to do this? And then once I know I'm doing it, then I'm going to create it. So I have a vision of what it's going to be. I have the basics. I can go somewhere and explain it. And share my vision of what that is. How do you see this fitting into your invite your community? And um, is this something that you, you would consider and then follow up because you always have to follow up if that's what you're, if you're going to be going to community centers. Um, healing circles is another one. Um, common wheel, which is a, not a movement based at all. It's just sitting in circle. It could be anything from the book club you can run as a healing circle to uh, I'll be starting one here at a healthcare uh, center here uh, for nurses. Um, what did I call it? Something about loss and turning loss and grief into gifts mm. is is the healing circle that I'll be hosting here in September at a, at a hospital. Um, the healing circles are are gathering like interested people um, in a room and just opening up the space to, to, to speak. Um, without any judgment. There are definite guidelines. I always have guidelines. That's another thing I always do for every group. I create the guidelines within the group. The group creates it. I don't make them. Unless it's something that I really want in it and nobody mm -hmm. said it. And then I'm like, may I add something? And, and then I add that. And then I always bring up the rules, the agreements every time we come together just to keep everybody on track. Um, healing circles, when I first started doing them, again, I went to a community center and asked if there's something, you know, speak to the manager. It's usually a volunteer at the front desk, find out who the manager is, speak to them, not the volunteer. Um, and then um, you, you kind of work your way in that way. I've done things at yoga studios, 
with chiropractors, um, with um, physicians, at physicians' offices. I've worked um, in churches. I've I've done groups in. Um, um, I'm trying to think, like just where there are, are already people. Mm-hmm. So if I'm involved, like at a gym, or if I'm going to a yoga studio, they're always looking for people to add like they're going to make a little bit of money as well and you're going to make some money too so if you're looking for it as a revenue stream it's it's easy to go to a yoga studio and say this is these are some of the things i offer would this be of interest to your community and what's the worst that's going to happen right right the worst (laughs) always going to happen is they're going to say no but if you don't ask guess what the answer is already Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> no, right? They don't know. They don't know that you have a skill and you do have a skill. All our listeners, all your listeners have very unique, very powerful, very brilliant breadth of skill that they can I offer love- their communities. They do. And I think a lot of nurses undervalue that. Um, I love your hustle, <laughs> you know, because I'm like, you know, sometimes just going and saying this is who I am and what I offer and where does that align? Like the way that you said that is the perfect way for any nurse to be able to go do that, to say, hey, I am a functional nurse or a holistic nurse. And I um, I have a lot of knowledge I'd love to share with our community on this topic, or I'd love to hear what topics you're interested in at your facility or whatever that might be. And you mentioned the hospital setting and, um, it, you know, in functional medicine. And if you heard that episode where, where can a, a functional nurse practice is, you know, it, we talk a lot in the course about like, where can you use this? And then the, the challenges, but the fact that it is needed everywhere and it's needed in hospitals and, and what you're offering is needed in hospital settings for the nurses themselves. Um, so what has that experience been like for you taking nurse coaching and holistic nursing concepts and, and trying to, to bring that into a, a hospital setting? Mm. Uh, I'm going to bring this back to something you said earlier about imposter syndrome and, you know, coming from a critical care background (laughs) and now Mm -hmm. I am using many, many holistic modalities from drumming to singing bowls to Reiki energy to um, poetry to art (laughs) to dancing (laughs) to all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And I still have Tabitha sit on my shoulder and say, gosh, Nicole, you're a woohoo, you know, like, woo, you know, you're a little woohoo. So I still have that little bit of, oh, are in the hospital setting, like they're going to think I'm a little woohoo. I'm growing with that. Like I'm acknowledging that, that, that is a little bit of a, still a little something I'm working through Um, because, you know, coming from the black and white yes and no model of protocol, mm-hmm. um, it sometimes feels a little awkward when I show up in an ICU and now I'm saying, hi, I'm Nicole. I, I'm a nurse too. And I used to work in critical care and now I'm doing holistic nursing. And these are some of the things that I, I would love to offer you today. And, um, and they just like, look at me sometimes like, what is it that you're doing? And mm-hmm. so I said, I'm explaining maybe Reiki. This is what I would love to offer you today, or maybe some aromatherapy. Um, And then, um, you know, that in that environment, I feel like a little bit like, ooh. uh, And at the same time, I can see 
<laughs> them. <laughs> and I can see me in them, my past me. And I can also see my present me in them as well and how I can help. And so that's been a really an interesting journey for me to be, um, to go into this environment in this new capacity, a new way. It's very fulfilling and very rich, richly rewarding for me to come into an ICU. And um, now they're like, oh, Nicole's here. (laughs) You know, and I've not been there very long. Um, I've only been in this environment for coming up to four months now. It was a contract that I achieved as a contract that I worked hard for. It took me about 10 months of going back and forth, not in the sense of negotiating contracts, but just developing the relationship to say, you know, I'm new in this community and I would like to offer these things here for your employees. Is there any opening for that? And finding the right person and just pursuing and knowing in my heart is something that I wanted to do and that I have the capacity now to be able to give back in this way. Um, it, it took, you know, some people say, oh, it, nothing's working out for me. And I'm like, I've been, I've been talking to the same person for 10 months, <laughs> you know, trying right. to, uh, you know, and eventually it's worked out. Um, I feel like, you know, we have to be persistent. If it is truly what you want to do in your heart, then you've got to make the ask. You have to, um, because you're, you will be wondering why to, you know, a year from now or six months from now, why didn't I ask? And someone else is going to come in and take it out from you. So <laughs> go in there and, and, and make the asks. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm doing things that I never thought I would do in my nursing career. And I'm really enjoying doing them. Um, you know, I, I really feel it's important for nurses to recognize that they are allowed to have a break, that a break is normal, <laughs> you know, and when I'm going on the units and I'm on a cardiovascular um, step down unit and I see people running around like hair on fire, then I'm 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 reaching out to them and. Would you like, you know, introducing myself? I'm new to this facility and this is what I've been, I'm coming to help you today. And they're like, oh, what are you going to do? And then, and then <laughs> I'm telling them, I'm going to, ha- I'm going to help you take a break. What? I can't take a break right now. Mm-hmm. I said, well, you mm-hmm. this is what we can do, you know? And, um, okay, maybe you're not ready at this second, but this is what I'm offering you. And I'm going to be here for the next hour and a half. Can we fit it in somewhere within that time? And then the, then they're coming back to me. Yes, I would like that. Because then they see, well, the other thing I don't I do is I don't do any of these treatments in a private room. I do it at the nurse's station. So I am normalizing that a nurse sits down, <laughs> that a nurse, another nurse, or you know, I'm an another person is showing them compassion and showing them deep love and respect uh, with hands on their shoulders or uh, hands on their head, you know, just and in whispering phrases of affirmation and love and gratitude so that they're, they're being filled up instead of getting the life sucked out of them. So I feel very blessed to, and I get, I'm getting yeah. emotional because it is just a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to experience that. And the I think greatest they thing, need that more than we did back then. Right. Like, yeah. I feel like, but now yeah. it's like so critical for them to feel loved right. and supported and valued. So that is beautiful yeah. that you're able to do that for them. 
Yeah. And I do other things too, but th- that's fun too. You know, that's fun. It's fun for me to go out there and do that and be, I'm also vulnerable too. So I think that they're see, they can see that and feel that because I'm coming to it so authentically that I am coming to offer my love and gratitude to support them for their work, you know? And that's how I see all nurses in this work is, is that we're so we're, we're vulnerable and we're real and we're, we found something that has worked for us and that we see the value in wanting to share that with other people who never experienced it. There are so many people that I've now met in the hospital that never had anyone put hands on or had their neck massaged or experienced Reiki or just, um, you know, I, I have, put a few drops of aromatherapy in their hands and have them rub it, rub it together like orange, a scent of orange. And then just Mm -hmm. three breaths, three breaths. And they're like, Whoa, you know, it's like, wow, this has changed my perspective. And it's like, that's things they can now learn to do for themselves if they want to. So it's been really rewarding to be there. And I, I have two contracts. One, with two different hospitals. And I'm just, um, I got the word the other day, they said, Nicole, you're doing such a great job. You've, you've really, um, you know, you really have made an impact and we're thinking of next year making this a full-time position. Wow. That is so exciting. <laughs> like how cool, like to have a full-time nurse in a facility that is supporting my job is RN health coach to focus on nurses. And I, of course, touch other people there, too, because there's pharmacy techs and pharmacists and and CNAs and unit secretaries. And I'm just I just go and love on everybody. You know, I'm 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 thinking of us seeing, you know, our hospital was really open minded as far as hospitals before it was bought by a corporation. And so the nurses were empowered to make changes and do really positive things. And we had a great um, alternative therapies program. And, you know, sometimes I would be really swamped on a really high acuity floor and they'd come down the hall with the miniature horse or a harp or the aromatherapy gal. And I would just be like, who is this alien, this alien concept to me, nine hours into a shift needing three breaths, (laughs) you know, um, that uh, we talked about loneliness earlier. And I, I can say that, you know, I, working in a hospital setting, you know, there's all this camaraderie as a nurse. And when you step away from that and become this alien, right, that you're talking about, like when you come back in there and you're like, oh, I have essential oils and I wanted to just like give you some positive energy um, or with functional medicine, you know, everybody thinks it's woo-woo and it's not. It's biochemistry, right? Like it is 0% woo-woo. Um, but the the loneliness thing I wanted to touch on because it's um it's isolating to be a holistic nurse sometimes in a in a for me at least in a local sense because i turned into a weirdo as far as nurses right i'm what you're describing going back in the hospital with these crazy ideas but i and i work on a computer all day long so most of what i do is behind a screen but what i did get is so like you the nurse coaching thing where you talked about is like all the connections with people that are like me that are also nurses you know mm-hmm. us i i think we're a bunch of rabble rousers really you know like the think outside the boxers and uh so so i wanted to acknowledge that because i think a lot of nurses that aren't doing the evidence-based black and white exactly the way that you just described the your experience going into the hospital at the beginning is um 
that's how I think a lot of us feel becoming nurse coaches and becoming functional nurses and offering holistic things to people. Um, so I wanted to acknowledge that. And then I wanted to share just for a second my experience having my first group setting, but it's really so we can talk more about yours before we wrap up, yes. um, your passion at, at the moment. Um, so, or one of them <laughs> uh, is I, um, my first group coaching session was a women's group and, and it was going to be some education and some connection. And, um, but I wanted to leave it open enough to find out what they were interested in and what the, and I said, I'm not going to finish the last couple group sessions. Like what are topics going to be until I find out what you guys are interested in. And as a primary care provider, I knew how my patients were being treated in gynecology. I knew how my patients were feeling when they were going through struggles with hormone imbalances, things that I didn't feel skilled enough yet and confident enough in to support them, hoping I send them to an expert and them feeling really unheard. Um, really, you know, common example is things like going through menopause and being given an antidepressant. Um, yeah. So what I found in the group was, you know, I thought I was going to be sharing some knowledge and creating an open space for conversations about things that ended up not being on their radar as a group of women that were all in perimenopause or menopause. And they wanted to know the things that nobody <laughs> is helping them with. And it's so sad. And so I didn't expect to develop a passion for that topic. And I ultimately was like, you know, who are the experts in this? And so I began to study, um, hormones more and sex, sex hormones specifically, and um, became uh, a board certified menopause practitioner because I wanted to have some something measurable behind my name that like, I can speak with conviction. I'm just not, I'm not just like learning this, you know, in a YouTube video or a webinar and sharing it with you. This is an important topic that isn't given enough respect in our current medical setting, allopathic medicine. Um, and it is something that you get really lit up about. And so I wanted you to be able to share a little bit more about that. Menopause. <laughs> yes. The stages of menopause, perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause, and midlife women. And yes, I do get fired up about it because I had no idea. One. Mm -hmm. Me too. Me too. No one in the world had ever spoken about it. And here I am coming up to midlife. And <laughs> I'm starting to experience changes in myself. One of them was anxiety and I'd never ever had anxiety. I'm up there teaching in, you know, in big stadiums of people. I've never, I should get nervous, but not anxiety where my heart is pumping out of my chest and, and I can't focus and all just like random things were going on. And, and no one had ever spoken about perimenopause and the erratic hormone shifts that we have. And that, that is why I was feeling the way I was. And I didn't know. Um, and I wish that somebody had talked to me about that. Um, then I realized, wow, that's happening for a lot of people, <laughs> you know, and how can I help? Because I don't, I didn't like this feeling and I still, I'm learning a lot. I don't know. I don't claim to be an expert, but I do claim to be a person who can create a safe space for others. So mm -hmm. I decided I'm going to create a group <laughs> for uh, menopause women in any stage of menopause. And, and some women are funny because they're like, well, I'm not in menopause anymore. I'm like, well, well, you're post-menopause, but we're all aging. So you're mm -hmm. going to fit into this group anyways, right? So 
um, I decided I would create a group. It's called the Menopause Movement Mission because many women feel that they cannot ever learn how to lift a weight, like resistance training. <laughs> so that was my intention first. Like, let's get some women together because we're all going through some sarcopenia. We are losing muscle. Um, we're lost our protective mechanism of estrogen. Um, and we're prone for a lot more disease processes like heart disease and osteoporosis and, um, you know, dementias, all of them, uh, because we're losing glorious hormones <laughs> or can't metabolize them, all of those things. Anyways, so... I decided I would create a group called the Menopause Movement Mission. And I was just like, who's going to come? <laughs> who's going to come? So I just started reaching out to people that I knew. And, you know, it's kind of weird. You know, I want to start this group and it's on menopause. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, no one talks about that. Yes. So, <laughs> right. And um, anyways, I started a group. Um, I, I like to keep my group small. Because I want to have opportunity for anybody and everybody who wants to say something to be able to have space to say it. So if our groups get too large, there is an opportunity to do that. So you have to decide as you're figuring out how you're going to do groups, like how many people is going to be a good fit for you and your topic. So just throwing that out there. So you don't want to have a huge group if you want to have people talk. If you want to just educate, you can have a big group. But if you want to do true group coaching and have build build and have community, you need smaller groups so that you can encourage communication. So I would need education just like you. You became a board certified menopause. Uh, what did you call yourself? Practitioner, yeah. So I decided I would just start learning things on menopause. I'm actually in a program now that is a practitioner program for menopause. And I became a, a menopause fitness specialist first, because that's where, where my love and passion is, is in movement and how women can learn how to move in their bodies as we're aging. In fact, it's the most important time to do it. It's one of the most important times. It's never too late to learn, never too late to pick up a weight, never too late to learn and feel how your body is gloriously able to do so many things as, as we age. So, you know, we always start first thing because it's at 7 a.m. Pacific time time. <laughs> we start early in the morning. And the reason is for me is because our cortisol levels are highest then. So that's our metabolic energizing hormone. And we start, we train early in the morning because we want to be able to re be recovered, to be able to sleep by the end of the day. Yeah. So we don't, that's why we're doing it early in the morning. And, um, we always start first thing in the morning with just a breathing, either a breathing exercise, a poem, a question of self-reflection and time to connect with each other. And I truly believe that, yeah, they love the movement part because <laughs> that's at the end. But what they most people love is this, wow, we're actually all, you know, 12 or 15 of us. We're here at 7 a.m. and we're talking about menopause stuff or midlife things like being sandwiched in between, you know, children and grand and in your parents as they're ill mm -hmm. and taking care of both of those, both of those people, sets of people and how difficult that is or sleep and how maybe sleep is evading people. And, and, and we're hearing from the group, oh, this worked for me or that worked for me, you know, and, and also some science too, right? I may, I may offer an education on something specific and then we go from there. 
So, you know, the group morphs, ebbs and morphs. And then we usually have about 40 minutes to half an hour to actually do movement at the end. And that's how I designed my group. And I want our listener, your listeners to understand that you can make a group however you decide to make the group design. There isn't a formula. There is not a protocol that you have to follow steps one through seven to to create a group. You just have to create something that you want to create. Um, And you have such such um, breadth of knowledge to pull up and and create these spaces for people. They, they want them. They're looking for them. They may not know at first that they're looking for them. And then you show up. It's like, oh, that's for me. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what's happening with the menopause movement mission. And, um, you know, I'm at the point where I'm probably going to be looking at expanding this program and adding another person um, that is part of my group that then is you know, going to become a teacher of, you know, a group leader for the the next group. So it's really fun to see things evolve. And um, we don't know until we open ourselves up to the possibilities. And as Barbara Dossie always says, sometimes you don't have all the answers. You just know you need to begin. Yes, we touched on that before we hit record today too. And I, um, I think that that is a really motivating thought from one of our great holistic nurse leaders. Um, so I wanted to mention before we say anything else that I'm going to have links to how people can reach out to you and access yeah. this. Cause I bet you some of these <laughs> listeners are going to be like, wait a minute, where, where do I go to sign up for that course? Um, yes. So, so, so there will be, <laughs> there will be links for that. So everybody can get more information on how to connect with you. Um, so I um, wanted to finish today by getting your thoughts on just like, if you, if you, I know that you've learned some about functional medicine and, and you've done some training, like you mentioned, Inca tried to get some traction with it in the past and that just timing didn't work out. And so here we are, and it's fantastic that we're able to offer yeah. it to, to a big audience now. And, and as you know, it's a, it's an important offering that we can share with people, um, just the power of the elimination diet, right? And, and, and a functional nurse being able to create a group and walk people through that is fantastic. Um, but I wanted to, to finish with, with some of your thoughts on, um, on your insights into functional nursing and your insights into nurse coaching, because we talk about that a lot and how they're almost conflicting. And you're talking about in your groups, you have to consider that, right? Being the expert and sharing too much versus listening. What has been your experience having some of your knowledge from functional medicine and your skills as a nurse coach and a wonderful listener? I think that's a beautiful pair, a pairing. And I think it's it's got to you've got to be very clear for yourself on what kind of group you're going to be creating. So if you want to have a group and have them share a lot, <laughs> then maybe that's the path you you travel. Maybe you have a very short snippet of education if you want to share some kind of knowledge, right? And then you're opening it up for reflective questioning, uh, open-ended questions so that you can use your skills as a nurse coach to offer reflective listening and, you know, supporting the group in that way. Um, But if you want to create a group where it's more education, like maybe it is that you are looking to um, have a diabetes prevention program, or something like that. 
that you want to be able to have a heavier amount of minutes, maybe a, a session is an hour or whatever, however you plan it, you can plan it. You can plan it 90 minutes. You can plan it two hours. You can plan it 30 minutes. You know, you make the decisions. Um, but maybe if you, if you did decide it's an hour program and you want to have more education in it, you have to be just very clear with yourself as far as how much participation you want. Uh, I would imagine coming to a group, people are most used to coming to an education style of group. So they come in, they're going to learn a topic and then they're going to go and then they go back in their life. But there is nothing there (laughs) for me. The saying um, knowledge is power is a good saying, but I like to just tweak it a little bit and say in an educational kind of class, uh, knowledge is potential power. Mm. (laughs) Because for me, I know myself, this is coming from my own eye now, I go to a class and sometimes I like, ooh, that was exciting. That was great. Oh, I love that. And then I go home and I don't implement anything. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like I didn't even go to that class. <laughs> you know, yep. so, yeah. So these group settings, you have an opportunity to take the education and then incorporate, like ask the questions, how is this, what does this look like in your life? How do you see yourself implementing anything that stood out for you today? Like, or what is one thing that you thought was really interesting in today's education session? Because maybe you educated for, you know, 45 minutes and now you have 15 minutes at the end where you can open it up, not just for questions, but for reflection so that people can say, oh, well, gosh, no one's ever asked me what I want to do with this knowledge now. Now I have to like say it out loud and I'm going to make a commitment almost like that's coaching. Because now people are like standing up and not standing, physically standing up, but they're standing up for themselves, right? They're saying, oh, I thought that this was fascinating and this is what I would like to do with that. So then you're, you know, you can still do it both ways, but maybe you only have, oops, you only have a short amount of time to do that. So you have to decide, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to be an educator mm-hmm. <laughs> and share your knowledge and have short time for group coaching? Or do you want to have, you know, a topic where you're really is important and open it up and maybe even like cut it down, like five minutes of education. Now let's reflect on that. And now let's do another five minutes of education. Let's reflect on that. And so you can, you can, you can morph, you can change it and um, like, I, I do definitely know this about myself. Like I could make a whole agenda and then I get into a group coaching session and like my whole agenda is like, so not gonna, it's not even going to be like that because I have to go with the flow of the group. So, you know, it's just, you can have a plan and you must have a plan. You can't go in and not have a plan, but you also have need to be aware that your plan is often going to be shifted and morphed and you're going to learn your group and you'll be like, Oh my gosh, that group, that was a flop, <laughs> right? Yeah. And now next time when we meet, I'm going to adjust. And great, you know, it's your self reflection of your 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 creation. So you can get to you get to do it. You get to choose it. Right. Look at all your groups you've had and how they've evolved over time. And I'm thinking what you're saying now about your description of the elimination diet group initially is like that. Maybe that first first coaching group is a lot of knowledge, right? Like for an elimination diet, they need to know facts. What is this going to be like? What can I eat? What can I not eat? What is this experience going to be like? How do I do this with other people in my house? 
But that turns into a conversation about, does anybody else have an idea of, you know, how to implement this with other people in the home? And then the thought, but, but what you said after that, when you started talking about your follow-up visits were different because it was, what has this experience been like? And you're not an expert anymore, right? It's about them connecting and sharing their experiences and, and getting new, like you said, new insights where they hear somebody else say something they hadn't considered and it shifts their perspective, maybe helps them have a bit more positive mindset about the challenges of, of working on it. Um, but all of that is the synergy of a group that they would never get if they had just like a one-on-one education session with you or a one-on-one coaching session where they can only have their own thoughts, right? Like getting to connect with other people is the really big part of this. So thank you. Yes. I just wanted to give you the opportunity. There are, I, you know, we had a longer session today because you have so many wonderful insights. And if you, if there's anything that you want to be sure to share with, with uh, functional nurses in particular that are holistic nurse, you know, that we're all in that same bucket together of being holistic nurses, whether we're a coach or a functional nurse, um, what would you say to Nicole pre-elimination? Well, I mean, I know, well, Nicole pre-17. <laughs> But, yeah. but to it, you, I mean, you've met so many nurse coaches that are on the fence about groups and, and mm-hmm. all of us in all our cohorts and connecting again over the years. Like, what, mm-hmm. what would you say, say that you really want to share with um, anybody that is on the fence about what they have to offer and, and, and hustling the way that you have to really get this out there? You have to know your intention. You know, what is it that you really are wanting to share? Not in the sense of like your education and the program and all of that, but like, why are you wanting to do a group in your heart, in your spirit? You know, what is it that's calling you there? Because when you get in touch with that, that will support you moving through the steps to actually make it happen. I think that's something that we often don't go back to, to, you know, people say, oh, you're why? Yeah, yeah, that's that's true too. But it's like, you know, what is deep in your heart and your spirit that is calling you to want to create these things? Because if you don't create them, yes, there will people won't be able to get to experience them. Yes, you won't be able to help people. But it's also like a missing piece for yourself. Like you, you won't be able to fully come to you in your authenticness. And you know, it's a, it's a group coaching and creating models of group coaching. And I hope I really got across that there is no protocol to it. You can create it how you want it to be. Um, that allows you freedom and the freedom then shows up in how you create the program and you show up in that program. So, you know, it's more than just gathering people and helping people. It's, it's also for yourself and for your creation and for your touch and your unique touch on the earth and planet. Thank you. That makes me think of me and you in the hospital compared to now, you know, and I know I, I cared about my job back then and, and, and I loved my coworkers and I loved help being able to help people, but man, I don't even feel like I work now, you know, like I love what I do so much and it is what I was called to do. And, you know, I think we're called to nursing, we're called to holistic nursing, we're called to nurse coaching and functional nursing and, um, and 
the uh, like everything that you're doing is always filled with so much energy, right? And if people have heard you on your podcast, you know, you have a lot of enthusiasm about what you're offering. And so I can really relate to what you're saying. If, if somebody, if a nurse is, is being called forward, right? We, we take that step and, and realize that it's with the, like the intention that the calling from our heart to do what we feel is, is the right next step for us and what we can share our gifts with, with people that are around us. And that can, that can change over time. Right. And like each part Mm -hmm. of your, your coaching journey in a group coach setting, you've talked about the way that that has, has grown and, and evolved. And even a program you've designed, you learn from the participants, and you learn from each time you've used your elimination diet has, right? You said it's just been evolving over the years. So um, knowing that you don't have to have it perfect the first day you do it. And maybe the next time you'll do it completely differently because you learn so much from that. But the starting and the being there for people, if it's in your heart to do it and it's what you're being called to offer as your service to the people that you're caring for, it's going to be great, right? Like it's going to be what they need that day. Um So I really appreciate all your insights today. Um, And thank you for sharing your experiences with offering group coaching. Um, I encourage everybody that hasn't yet to tune into your podcast and check for the links in the the, um, description for this podcast so they can connect with you more. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you so much, Bridget. Thanks for all your work. And thank you, listeners, for listening. I've um, so enjoyed sharing a little bit of my wisdom. (laughs) And until next time, everybody, be well. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of the Functional Nurse Podcast. If you want to help spread the word about the powerful role nurses can play as true healers using functional medicine practices, consider sharing an episode with a nurse friend or on social media. And click the subscribe button to stay informed of newly released episodes. You can also visit and share the links below in the show notes for more information on nursing resources and the Functional Medicine for Nurses course offered through the Integrative Nurse Coach Academy in partnership with the Institute for Functional Medicine. Until next time, be well.